The following is a presentation of the Six Arrows Radio Network. Welcome to the Modern Christian Men Podcast with your host, Kale Nelson. So here we are. A few weeks have passed since the last time. Welcome back into the Modern Christian Men Podcast. This time through, we're going to catch up with Jim. Jim is a listener of both my shows, as well as a Twitter follower. And he just happened to get kind of caught in the crossfire on Twitter one day as he made kind of a suggestion about a potential show topic or whatnot. And I said, you know what? We would love to hear your story, Jim. And of course, he ran off as hard as he could. And and I grabbed him by the collar, brought him back in. And we're going to share it with you here. Now, Jim is like you and like me. He's he's just a guy. He's a dad. He's a husband. He's been doing this for a very long time. And he's got some pointers he's going to share with us. And one thing that you'll notice is that although Jim's been married for almost 30 years and, and his eldest child is about 24, 25 years old, it doesn't make him a professional, you know, because we're all learning. Even that long into it, he's still learning every day how to be a better husband and a better dad to his kids. So, Without further ado, let me welcome in Jim Powitz. Man, thank you so much for being with us here on Modern Christian Men. Well, it's it's my pleasure to be here. And uh, as I mentioned to you, I've I've listened to this and the ham radio podcast of yours for so long now that it's it's really interesting to hear your voice and be able to speak in both directions. You know, have a two way <laughs> conversation here. That's that's a new concept with your voice in my head. Well, it is it is quite different, and it'll be even more different when you listen to this show and you hear yourself talking to me. Yeah, I, I have troubles hearing myself when I hear recordings of myself, like a lot of people, but, uh, well, it is what it is, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, guys, Jim uh, Jim is a dad, and he's also a, uh, he works in education at a school. Jim, how long have you been married? I have been married 29 years now, 29 married in 1988. Years. Wow, that's that's quite a while. I won't, uh, I won't tell you that I was in eighth grade in 1988, but uh, <laughs> it, it seems almost like yesterday. And I imagine for you, uh, with that many years under your belt, uh, being married probably longer than you've been, you've been together longer than you, longer than you were apart. I, I imagine that there are times when you get really comfortable and times that you still wonder, wow, what, what are we doing together? Oh yeah. There are days I wonder what, what, what did I sign up for? <laughs> but, uh, you know, we don't know the future. Yeah, we just trust in the Lord to guide our steps and keep going, and and He's kept us together. He's kept us uh, safe and healthy, and uh, he, we've been very blessed for 29 years. That's awesome. That's quite a testimony. Tell me about your kids. You don't have to get real deep into them, but uh, but we are interested in. Uh, you've been married for 29 years. Whereabouts do your kids fall in there? We have we have two. Uh, if you if you look in the in the heavenly side of things, we have more because we we suffered a few miscarriages in our early marriage years. Um, that was a whole level of pain that I didn't even have a world a clue about. When you when you look at the Christmas card every year, there's there's four of us, my wife and myself, and our, our two beautiful kids. I've got a, a 24-year-old daughter who's out of college and uh, struggling to find that path in life with her first job. You know, she's working, but she's, it's not her dream yeah. job. And uh, I've got a 20-year-old son who just finished a sophomore year of college. We're real blessed. They're, they're awesome kids. Both of them did really well in school. They both got musical talent. My son was a three-sport athlete. Not perfect kids. They got, they got flaws just, just like their dad, for sure. Hmm. Not their mother. Not their mother. But like their dad. All the flaws come from my side. Yeah, of course. And, uh, and, and life is good. Now, you, you guys are out on the left coast. You're not one of the, the Midwesterners or the East Coast guys. You're out there on the other side of the continent. Yeah, yeah, West Coast, north, Northwestern, U.S. here in Washington State, Tacoma, Washington. God's country, as some people say, but I think 
Just about everybody claims their own part of the country as God's country. Oh, yeah, except in July and August <laughs> down here in South Carolina. Washington State, uh, I know that that state is almost two states in one when you break down the politics and the geopolitical scene. How has it been to live uh, not inside the belt buckle of the Bible Belt where I'm at and to be a believer and to raise kids and, and have a family that's still stuck together after almost 30 years? It does have its challenges for sure. Like you said, it's, it's almost two states geographically and, and, and climate. Words just, they escape me sometimes. But we got a mountain range down the middle of the state, and it's, it's a whole different climate on the other side of the mountains. But speaking from the, uh, the church side, they've, they've said here statistically that uh, we have, I think, more churches per capita than most of the country has, but more unchurched people per capita than most of the country. So it's kind of a weird balance. And uh, it's definitely a place that you can try to be a light in the darkness. But I got to admit, sometimes it seems like there's a whole lot of darkness. Yeah. It's unfortunate we kind of see that. It it seems in every state, in every county, even cities breaking down to neighborhoods. And one of those things, you know, being a dad, raising up kids and trying to be the, the good godly father and the good godly husband and to, to follow the example of Christ you know, sometimes it's really easy to get frustrated when you look around and you see the state that your kids or your family are surviving in, not the state mm-hmm. necessarily as the entity, but what they're surrounded by. Did you guys do anything special? Were there any def- definitive no's, we're not going to go there kind of a thing when your kids were coming up to try to, I don't want to say helicopter parental because I'm not encouraging that. I'm just curious. Sure. Maybe you had some uh, some some techniques or some ideas that maybe we haven't considered especially being in that sort of environment out there? Well, I don't know that I have the corner on the market on any secret advice, no secret sauce or recipe. (laughs) But uh, I can tell you that we made some conscious decisions. I didn't actually grow up here in Washington. I grew up in Southern California in the the Los Angeles area. So I know a little bit about hot summers. (laughs) It gets hotter down there than up here for sure. But we decided early in our marriage that we couldn't afford to live down there. We were both of us working, and we were in a little one-bedroom apartment, and we uh, we wanted to move somewhere that had a little more seasons, a little more you know uh, variety, and someplace that we felt was better for to to raise a family. We knew we didn't think we'd ever be able to afford to raise a family there, so we we picked up after just one year marriage and moved oh roughly what is it twelve hundred miles or whatever up the coast here, much to my parents' chagrin. Right. And uh, settled here in Washington because my mother-in-law lived here at the time. We just said, you know what? This is what we're going to decide to do. We're going to we're going to both do what it takes to to stay and to take care of ourselves. And 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 we did. We found part-time jobs, eventually full-time jobs, apartment, eventually bought a house and and sometimes it's just it's always good to lean on the Lord and we have leaned on the Lord heavily to guide our steps. But you also got to work hard and do your part yeah. to uh keep that faith. And so we decided when kids came into the picture that they needed to be, well, let me back up. Originally, my wife decided that she was going to, we were going to homeschool. We thought that was uh, a good idea. And and it is a good idea in general. Uh, You can, you can have some great, great influence over your kids. And there are some great homeschool organizations here that get together and have group things for people at homeschool so that for athletics and different activities, I'm sure you do Mm -hmm. something similar down there. But um, as, as things would happen, my my daughter's personality. She's my firstborn, and my wife's personality. Well, they just kind of butt heads. <laughs> Imagine that two women uh, not getting along with each other, right? I, it's amazing, you know. But uh, 
my wife, we got, she got, my daughter got to school age and my wife said, you know, I have taught preschool and I have worked with kids and I have taught, but I can't teach her. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I love her, but I just can't teach her. Mm-hmm. And we had been involved here in a, in a local church that had a Christian school attached as part of it here on the campus. And we, uh, we looked at enrolling her here. And as it turned out, I went to work here at the school and I'm still here 20 years later. Wow. Both of my kids have been here for school from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade of high school. So for 13 or 14 years, because my son started in preschool, this was the only school they knew. <laughs> and I was blessed to be right here on the same campus with them. I could go down at lunch and have lunch with my kids, and I got to go chaperone field trips and be involved. And, and uh, it was a real blessing to be here. And But even if I hadn't been here, we decided that we were going to do whatever it took to keep them in, in Christian education. Mm-hmm. A lot of corners we've had to cut and a lot of things that we haven't been able to do that some people out there in the world do. We don't have a boat or an RV or I've never been on a cruise. I've never been to, you know, on a European vacation, but but I wouldn't trade any of it. The kids have come out. I've been blessed. Right. They're just really well-rounded, awesome kids. That's good stuff. And that's, you know, for me, uh, I'm. It, it sounds funny. I'm looking forward to being a granddaddy one day, but, but that is my biggest desire is just to raise kids that are good, God-fearing, Jesus-loving people who can go out and get into the world to the point where they're affecting change for for the gospel and the kingdom and you know i, I applaud you guys I, I know i know what you're talking about not having some of these things because we live without those things to keep me here from not having to go out and you know and, and drag the meat home uh, to be able to mm-hmm. you know to school the kids but it's a challenge man it's it's a challenge whether you're doing it or not whether you're homeschooling christian schooling public schooling you don't have kids in school i mean it's tough with little kids it's tough with old kids you know, I, I have found, and besides Jesus and my wife, I can't think of anything that's better that's ever happened to me. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. And that doesn't mean it's easy, <laughs> you know, and it's... No, not at all. It's not without a lot of work. I still mess up all the time. But that's okay because, um, you know, we're, we're working together to figure this thing out. Um, you, you said you worked in the school for almost 20 years. And even being a Christian school, I'm just curious, have you seen a lot of change in how the students have been affected societally with the things that go on around them, whether it's like this election that was just a big, huge mess, or as music and the the film industry changes? Can you see that reflected even in a, like a Christian school? Oh, absolutely. We're not immune to it here at all. Uh, we have problems with just about the same issues that every other student in every other school deals. Sometimes it's on a smaller base, a much lower basis. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you charge tuition for something, not everybody chooses to put their kids here. That, but uh, yeah, it's we're not immune to it. And we we some private schools, some Christian schools, really require a, a strong statement of faith before they'll even let you enroll. Mm-hmm. And and we don't. We we really try to be a light and. Uh, we accept students. We've had students here that were of other faiths. We have a fairly strong international student program right now, and we've we've got some some students here that, are, that profess Buddhism and and all. But we, you know, we can't influence them if we can't talk to them. We can't reach them. Right. So, so it's more um, it's like a missionary project for your your school church as well. That's really interesting. On some level, yeah. There's it's it's predominantly christian students here yeah yeah but but we don't turn somebody away just because they don't they don't know the lord it's 
our opportunity to introduce them to them. Right. That, that's a, I love the concept. That's really cool. So tell me about um, about living out there and, and, and raising your kids up and, and seeing them succeed in, in school and moving to those next levels. Because I'm not there yet. My oldest is 14. And, uh, of course, I'm, I'm approaching the teenage years with him. He's, you know, a few weeks, a few weeks away from 14 and he's a good kid. I mean, he is, he is just the best firstborn kid anybody could ever ask for. And, uh, of course I'm going to say that he's my kid, but what are some of the, you know, guys listening like myself who are approaching teenage years with their children? What are some of the things that we need to kind of be aware of? to kind of prepare ourselves because you're not that far away from the teenage years, especially with your son. Uh, are there some things that we really need to be paying attention to or building our children towards to prepare them for that next stage of life? Well, being involved, of course, is always the, the simple answer mm-hmm. and uh, keep, keep getting up on Sunday morning and dragging them into the car and going to church. <laughs> but I wish I had a secret. I wish I could tell you that uh, I've done everything right. <clears throat> I haven't. Made lots of mistakes. Never been the bad the dad that I that I really wanted to be. But um, keep coming, keep coming back. Keep keep working at it. I'm I'm I, I kind of feel like I've cheated in some ways because both of my kids were were really good kids. They were never discipline problems. I was never in the principal's office with them. I I never got to the stage where they would. You, when you drive up somewhere and they'd say, Dad, can you drop me off a block away and I'll walk in? <laughs> never never had to do that. They right. always wanted me along. They always wanted me to come chaperone the field trips and be with it. Dad, will you come on this trip with me? Will you come along? And I love that. I love being part of that. That's cool. Um, tonight, in just a few hours, my, my son and I are both enrolled in a motorcycle safety course. We're going to go get our motorcycle endorsements this weekend. And I'm a little nervous about putting a kid on a motorcycle, but... I'm excited to do it together with him as a father-son thing on Father's Day weekend. How much more perfect could that be, right? Now, that is awesome. Are you an avid motorcyclist yourself? I, I'm not. I, uh, I've i always kind of wanted to be. It's one of those things I put on the back burner while I raised a family and did things. Right. I'm kind of starting to pick up a few hobbies and do things now that my kids are out of high school that I, I haven't done for years. Years and years ago, uh, some friends of mine and I used to go out and ride dirt bikes in the high desert of California quite a bit. And I've enjoyed riding, but I've never, never had an endorsement, never had a real street bike. So I'm looking forward to it. We needed another car here with four of us at home and only two cars. We've been shopping for a third car. And my wife one day says, have you ever thought about picking up a motorcycle instead of a, you know, a car? And I told my friend, you know, when your wife says, you want to go buy a motorcycle, buddy, you go out and buy a motorcycle yeah, before you, she changes her mind. Yes, sir. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> All the guys are screaming right now at their phones. Well, my wife has to hear this, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, man, there you go. Maybe that's the maybe that's the story I have to tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, but, uh, that that so, is awesome. Yeah, that'll be so, fun. So you guys are going to take the class. Of course, we're recording this, but it's almost Father's Day, and you're going to do it on Father's Day weekend. Do you guys get a chance to spend time like that? You said stay involved, stay plugged in. Are you? Uh, are you? Do you make it a, a priority to say okay? Uh, son can we go out and hang out on the third saturday of june or something like that or, or is it just when it when the opportunity presents itself or are you like deliberate at, at those for your son and your daughter we don't do as much scheduled stuff as i probably should a lot of it is just spur of the moment mm-hmm. but like i mentioned my kids wanted me want me around yeah. so times they'll they'll come to me and say hey can we go do something together oh that's awesome um 
But there are times that you you say, hey, I got this this thing coming up, and I'd love you, I'd love for you to come with me. And sometimes they say, yeah, I'll do that. And sometimes they go, okay, Dad, I'll do that. But even so, they do it. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, you got to plan some things, but you also got to just go out and do some things. When my my daughter went away to college, and so she'd come home for summer and Christmas breaks and stuff. And there was there was one Christmas, the movie Les Mis, Les Misérables was out in the theaters, and I know she loves musicals and little confession, I enjoy them too. <laughs> and uh, I looked at the at the local paper and it was playing that night at 10 p.m. And I went, went down and knocked on her door and I said, you want to go see a movie? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's one of the best memories I have of that whole Christmas break was her and I just sneaking out one late night. My wife had gone to bed already and I said, let's go see a movie. Wow. I mean, she was – I told my wife we were going. I woke her, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> didn't want to wake up and wonder where we ran off to. But – it was fun. It was a daddy-daughter date night. It was spontaneous, and, it, and it's, it's a treasured memory. Wow. You know, I, as a dad with, with five and uh, two and two girls, three boys, it's, uh, it seems a lot easier for me sometimes to, to do boy stuff. And that's one of the things I really have to be deliberate about. Even if it's going to the post office or the trash dump, you know, or whatever, I really have to be deliberate and like, hey, would you like to go with me to the post office? Or I need to mm-hmm. go to the dollar store or pick up some groceries. Or, or even do you want to go to the lawnmower, you know, shop with me or whatever to, to just try to try to get there and spend that time to to not make any of them think that they're you know being neglected or not paid yeah. attention to or whatever. My daughter went along with me on on just routine errands from when she was a little girl. I can remember going to Home Depot to buy some supplies for the house, and she just knew it as the, the orange store. <laughs> and so we want to go to the orange store. Yeah, wow. and she'd go to the orange store with me. So. That's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, and well, let, let me ask you this to kind of complement that. Uh, being married for twenty eight years, and we heard Aaron talk about the problems him and him and his uh, wife were able to get through a few weeks ago. Um, how about your wife? I mean, with with my family, we're not a we're not like a date night kind of a family. Uh, there's just so many of us. Um, yeah. Sometimes I wonder if we need to figure out a way to get around that, but. Uh, being married for 28 years, is there still a way to kind of to turn that uh, turn that switch back on and say, "Hey, let's go to dinner together. Don't cook supper tonight." Or how do you how do you kind of handle that with work and, and kids and everything? Uh, it's tough, and that's another area that I don't think I've done nearly as well as I would have liked to say I've done. Mm-hmm. But we do still try to go out, and now that the kids are older, of course, that's easier to go out without the kids. <laughs> it I mean, costs first- it costs less too, right? And it costs less too. Absolutely, yeah. You know, we we uh, we've always done everything as a family. When my son was in a sporting event, we all went. When my daughter was out doing something, we all went. We all got involved with it all the time, and to the point that, my, like I said, my son's in college, my daughter's out of college, but they're both still living at home because life is just expensive right now. Yeah. And my wife will every now and then will say, "Well, I'd hope, I was hoping to go out to dinner, but." do you think we could go without the kids? And I said, absolutely, we can go without the kids. They're both adults now. We can do whatever we want. That's right. They can stay home and watch the dog. That's funny. <laughs> but uh, So we don't go out as much as, quote-unquote, date nights as we should, but yeah. we still try to go out now and then and do things. We we try to make some time together to do things. And, you know, back before we were married, we went to a re- uh, an engaged couple's retreat weekend. And... I can't say I remember every piece of advice from that weekend or everything that we learned or talked about, but 
one piece of wisdom that came to be, came to me that weekend and has stuck with me all these years later is the the leader looked out at the at this sea of newlyweds and he says, "No, I know that you all love each other right now, and you just can't imagine being apart for one second, and you can't wait to get together." He said, "That's going to pass." <laughs> he said, "There are going to be days." When you wake up in the morning and roll over and look at her and think, what did I do? Well, how did I get here? You know, what, what, I, don't know, I don't know if I want to do this anymore kind of idea. And he said, that's, that's the day when you have to remember that, that love is not a feeling. Love is a decision. And he says, there's going to be days when you wake up and you have to decide to love her or to love him. Because he said, you know, you fell in love once. And it'll happen again. Mm-hmm. But there's days it's just not going to, you're not going to feel it. And those are the days that you've got to decide to love her and honor your commitments and your promises and, and stick with it. And I think that's what I come back to when I say stick with it. I'd be honest, there are days that I wish that maybe life had gone a different direction. Uh, you think, what am, what am I doing? This isn't fun anymore. Mm. And nobody ever promised us that every day was going to be fun. But in the big picture, in the long range, life is good. And I've got a woman by my side that adores me to no end, and she tells me so. And I try to remember to tell her at the same time, because oddly enough, women like to hear that, guys. They do like to hear that a lot, don't they? Yeah. It's not like you can say, well, I told you I loved you when we got married. If anything <laughs> changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> that, that doesn't work. I have found that uh, my wife is is a very low maintenance gal, and she's a hard worker too. But if if I can get by her shop and drop just some some flowers in a, a vase before she comes in the next morning, and I have to sneak to do this, you know, it's not easy. Sure, but man. You talk about just it's just like pouring gasoline on a fire, and I'm thinking, really, that's 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 it, you know, because we want to be told, wow. We're so proud of you, and you're so masculine, and you're you're just such a manly man. And thank you for being such a tremendous leader of our family. You know that's the stuff we want to hear. And yeah. then the women just want to just they just want to hear I love you. Here's some flowers yeah. to show you. You know, it, it, well, some of them may need really expensive jewelry or something. That's not my bride, but it's, it goes back. You know, it's just the simple things. And uh, maybe it's just having a good, simple wife. I don't know. but uh. <laughs> Yeah, I think my wife falls into that camp a lot, too. She doesn't have the biggest diamond on her hand, and she doesn't have the fanciest jewelry, and we don't have – our cars are 15 years old or more. And usually when we celebrate special days like Mother's Day, anniversaries, Valentine's Days, those things, we'll go out to dinner a week early or a week late just to avoid the crowds and find a, <laughs> find a coupon and go out on a discount. I love it. But that's okay. She yeah. doesn't mind. She just appreciates the time together. Yeah, yeah. And and what a gift we've been given. You know, the Bible talks about how a man having a wife has found something of, of just tremendous value. And having a wife who works in an industry that caters to women mostly, the beauty industry, the hairstyling, cutting industry, it's so sad to hear her come home and share story after story after story with me of men who have, you know, decided to hook up with their girlfriend from on Facebook from back in high school or, you know, their husband, he, he, uh, he works 20 hours a day and the other four, he's at the golf course or something. It's just heartbreaking to know that, uh, that we're not, a lot of us aren't 
keeping our end of the deal that we made to her. And uh, it, it's sad to see how that's, you know, not just damaging her, but it's really just really helped uh, just tank the entire family in the United States and around the world. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a, a real lack of commitment in, in this day and age that, uh, well, this isn't fun anymore. I, eh, maybe I don't like it after all. I'm, I'm going to leave and go do something else. And yeah. I've seen time and time again that people have done that, and they've just traded one set of problems for another. There's there's nothing perfect out there. Nope. Uh, our late pastor here used to say, you know, if you ever find a perfect church, don't join it because you'll ruin it. <laughs> and uh, and he says, and if you're perfect, then come up and meet me after the service because we want to put a statue of you out front. We've never met anybody that's perfect. <laughs> you know, only one only one that was perfect walked this earth. That's it. That's it. And that sounds like my kind of pastor as well. Yeah. Yeah, I like those that. Uh, like to remind us of our our realities that's a that's yeah. a good one so as you go forward now looking out you got your kids grown both in college one finished college one in college married mm-hmm. almost three decades uh looking forward to uh, a future maybe getting uh getting the idea of hey you know one day i'll be a granddad and, and do you kind of think about those things how how are you going to kind of prepare yourself for that next step looking towards the, the granddaddy kind of thing there or is it something that you just kind of just will walk into kind of a little of both i mean, I, I love the idea of being a granddad I, I love babies i don't want any more of my own babies because <laughs> they're just a lot of work but i would love to have a grandbaby that i could hand back yeah, when I was done, <laughs> done playing, like a good library book, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, hey, this one needs a diaper. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> now I did my own share of diaper changing too. Yeah. I wasn't that wasn't just mom's job, but uh, anyway, yeah, some of it I do. I look forward to that. I've always wanted to have that granddad, grand grandparents' uh, house, Christmas traditions. Everybody comes to grandma and grandpa's house for for holidays and have everybody around with several generations, but. I've often I've also learned over all these years that everything doesn't go as planned. Mm. And uh, the more I trust in the Lord, the more I've learned, because I'm a slow learner, that his plans are way, way better than my plans anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've got plans. I, I try to plan and do some things, but I also try to try to be flexible and try to listen to what, what the Lord's telling me he's got planned, because... I think that's just going to turn out a whole lot better than anything I could come up with. I got you. And and not to mention that uh, your wife said you could buy a motorcycle, so we got to push the granddad thing off for a little while to get that. go ahead and get that out of your system. Yeah. Well, granddads can ride motorcycles. Well, right? they can. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, it's it's been really cool catching up with you. I uh, I know the the guys listening have enjoyed j- just getting – to the to the crux of of being just a good dude for Jesus and loving on your kids and your wife and and striving after those things that that have a, a good return and you know it's so hard nowadays <clears throat> excuse me when we see our examples if we're paying attention to the social media and the the television and whatnot uh, everything is just so you know blase and it's just doesn't really count for a whole lot. It'll be different tomorrow. You know, there's a new hot breaking news story every 30 minutes now, I think on cable news, everything is so fast. Um, as you've, as you've invested almost 30 years of your life with your wife and and your children here, uh, looking back, of course we're full of regrets uh, and we all wish we hadn't done this or that. But as you, as you kind of look back and, and see where you've been and what you've become and what they've become, 
Uh, what is what is something that you could share with guys listening to really focus on that that's worked really well for you? I know, I know that you said you don't have the secret answer, but uh, is is there something there that's really made a difference in your walk with Christ and your ability to lead your family to the best of your ability? That's a tough question. Um, I guess the biggest thing is is and you probably heard it a thousand times from teachers and pastors and sermons is, is just, just be consistent and be real. Uh, be somebody that, that people can depend on, you know, your kids. It's real easy to think that it's, I I think it's real easy to spoil kids to think, well, I've got to do this for my kids and I got to do this for my, you know, this and that. The better, better thing to do is to, is to be consistent and be real People will, your kids will respect you even if you don't give them every toy they ever wanted when they're little, even if you don't spoil them with everything. Sometimes telling them no is the best thing you can do for them. Mm. Uh, and, but just sticking with those values and, and being real, being consistent, and being the same as best as possible. And you're going to make mistakes. You're going to stumble. Only one was the same yesterday and day and forever, and that wasn't me. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Stick with it. Stay focused and and keep them in church. Keep them focused. You know, keep them in Sunday school. Keep the Lord in your life and and, and remind the kids that He's the one that's running the show. I had a man tell me that you know it's it's one thing to to take them to church and to really focus on having them there. And I think this is what you're saying. It's and there is more to it than that. And that's keeping it real in your life and and that focus. Let them see that you're serious about it too. And yeah, you know that's that's like you're saying, you know, keeping the focus and making the main thing the main thing, you mm-hmm. know. That, and it's so easy to let go, especially. And you know, I wasn't a dad in the '70s. I was I was a kid in the '80s, you know. So it just seems to me, I, maybe because I was a kid, life was easier then than it is now. But you know, I, I don't know that for sure. But I do know that we have plenty of challenges in front of us now as men who are believers and and striving to to bring their families alongside and to to love God and love Jesus, love people, and to share Him with the world. And you know, we're we're, we're fraught with challenges, and that's why I'm so thankful for this platform and and folks like you that will come on, men that will come on and share with us about where they're at, what they've done, what they've gone through, what they've seen, what's worked, what hasn't. And, uh, man, I'm just I'm so tickled that you've been here with us and shared that with us today. Well, thank you. I, when you mentioned it, I said, well, I don't know <laughs> what I have to share, but I'm willing to try to listen to that still small voice that says, you should go talk to Kale. <laughs> and so I said, well, okay, I'll talk. I don't know what I have to say, but here we've managed to fill – half an hour or so of, of chatting away and uh, it's been a real great time chatting with you well thank you jim we appreciate your encouragement we thank you for your transparency and just being real you know for being dedicated to your wife that is you know i see people celebrate these anniversaries and and it just it just warms me up man to know that people have stuck it out that long because it's not easy it's never going to be it won't be you can't make it easy but it's worth it and thank you to you and your wife for for being a good example for us to follow and Congratulations on having awesome kids and good luck on the motorcycle class this weekend. <laughs> thanks. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Jim. And maybe we'll have you back to uh, share some more insight with us in the future here on Modern Christian Men. Well, I'm hoping that I will inspire lots of other modern Christian men to give you a call and chat with you as well. 
I'm waiting to hear what other people have to say out there, but uh, but it was enjoyable chatting with you, and I'd be happy to do it again. Well, thank you. It was painless. I didn't bite or anything, did I? It was really Not easy. at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jim. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. And that's going to wrap another episode of Modern Christian Men. Thank you again for tuning in, for subscribing, for sharing, for reviewing, for telling your buddies about the program. You know, maybe you or one of them has a story like Jim's. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to be a pastor of a mega church or, you know, out baptizing people in the Jordan River. (laughs) We're all guys. We're all in this together. And we all have a lot in common. Most importantly, we're men, right? Uh, We're seeking Christ and trying to live that in front of other people as well as to glorify his kingdom. So if you've got a story to tell, maybe you've got some pointers for guys that have helped you to succeed in life and for the kingdom. We'd love to hear from you. Please connect with us at modernchristianmen.com and we'll be back next time to keep going. Thank you for listening to the Modern Christian Men podcast. You can find us online at modernchristianmen.com.